This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Congratulations, you've retired. You might not be going into the office anymore, but you're finding that between the cleaning, the laundry, the lawn care, all of your home maintenance chores, you're still putting in a day's work every day. By moving to Adams Place Independent Living, the staff takes care of all that for you. Go to adamsplace.org to learn more or find us on Facebook, Adams Place. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you Truman Jones, Superstar. What is a superstar? My, my brother Mike Jones and I are sitting here, and and uh, for whatever reason, we wear off for a little bit. And uh, I went and ate with Bill Kennedy yesterday, Mike, and uh, we ate at Miller's, and then he wanted to show me his new house, so we went over and just absolutely enjoyed being over there but while we were at miller's a, a gentleman came by and and uh, he heard us talking and for what other I, I i don't understand it but people recognize me by my voice rather than my looks anymore <laughs> and uh, we were just sitting there and, and he said i just want to let you know i listen to you every day and we have so many friends that will listen and enjoy the show i think it's because I'm just like everybody else. I, I, I don't, uh, uh, I'm not a uh, big uh, time known person at all, except when I was with SO and some of the most enjoyable times I've ever had. But uh, Bill had been on a few times and he remembered him. Isn't that amazing how a person's voice can kind of uh, register with people in a way that? When they're looking, it's like my imagination. My imagination runs wild when I'm listening to a a, a football game, whether it's one of the local games or the Tennessee Vols or whatever. 
and that that kind of uh, makes me feel good because oh, yeah. uh, they can use their imagination as what type of person I am and listen and listen to some of the things that we get to talk about and uh, it's like when when you and I are around Bud Mitchell we go back to when we were five and six years old and, and grew up in in that particular atmosphere and that's pretty special. It really is. Oh, yeah. Just like reading a book. Yeah. Just like reading a book. If you don't have an imagination, it doesn't much do you any good to read a book. Yeah. Uh, you know, you see the, you see what's going on in your imagination, and it's just like with growing up. Uh, we didn't have baseball on TV when we were young, and we listened to it on the radio, and you used your imagination. Yeah. You know? And that's, uh, that may be part of what's lost nowadays. Uh uh, you know, we played, uh, we made our own rules. We played kick the can, we had our own rules. We played baseball. What was foul, what wasn't foul, what was a home run, what wasn't a home run, what was out and what wasn't. You know, we made our own rules. And, yeah. And uh, we had to think. And that's one reason I'm such a advocate with math. Uh, math teaches you to think. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's, I, I think, you know, of course I taught science, and which is, you know, you might say it's partly math, but math was so important to me growing up because it taught me to think and analyze yeah. and figure out things. And, uh, oh, I can remember my algebra teacher, Ms. Hayes, and uh, she was strict. She went by the book. Lots of people, lots of kids didn't like her because we had to do it her way. Yeah. And I just thought the world of her. I just, you know... Uh, that that helped me, I would say, shaping me as much as anything. That one Algebra one course helped me because it helped me analyze things. And, and we had such good teachers, you know. And I, oh, they were great teachers I'll back then. never forget Miss Sublett coming up to me when I was a senior and says, Mike, you're going to college, aren't you? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> Did you I, say that to Miss Sublett? Oh, yes. I said, I don't know. I said, I I'm not really sure. And she said, oh, you need to go. And I think that's the same day that uh, Mike Murphy came up to me and says, Coach, Dad wants to see you. Coach yeah. Murphy said, Dad wants you to come by and see him. And I had no idea why he wanted me to come see him. And mm -hmm. I drove over there and walked in. I uh, told him I was here to see Coach Murphy. And he saw me and said, come on in, Mike. And, uh, of course, Mike and I had played uh uh, element, yeah, yeah, elementary uh, football together and yeah. high school football together, and so Coach Murphy knew me. Of course, I'd never been around Coach Murphy, and uh, sat down and he said, "All we got to offer you, Mike, is uh, books and tuition." And uh, uh, that wasn't bad. No, because uh, I lived in Murfreesboro. It, yeah. was, great. it was great. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know it was. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, what I got. I remember I had to go to my girlfriend's house at that time, and and uh, uh, I knew she had a sister in college. I want to know what I had. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm not going to ask you her name. Dumb as a rock. <laughs> I, I was dumb as a rock. and uh, But uh, it turned out well for me. And I uh, had a really good uh, five years under Coach Murphy. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I guess I couldn't have played for a better coach. Oh, he's one of the best people ever around. Just a good person. Just yes, a good he was. Just a good person, and I was lucky. Uh, 
and uh, football paid for my education. I, you know, you think about, uh, I was listening yesterday and was talking about uh, these kids, you know, in debt, twenty five, thirty thousand, sixty thousand dollars mm-hmm. before they ever get out of college. And yeah. I just, I just, uh, it's scary to me. I, I just can't imagine being 19, 20 years old and being in debt, sixty or seventy thousand yeah. dollars, some of these universities. And uh, a lot of it, scary. It, it, it is the courses that they take or what their future is is going to look like. Uh, I think that that's one of the things that's really hurt the teaching profession. Oh, yeah. Is that they they have so much debt, and how in the world are you going to pay it off drawing the salaries that they have? You can't pay you can't pay a sixty or $70,000 debt off and, and own a home uh, and teach school. I mean, that's impossible. I can tell you that tell you that right now that is impossible because i taught school for 40 years but yeah. uh teachers are probably the most underpaid uh perfect well I, I shouldn't say that i look at law enforcement and some other professions that you know they're just underpaid and uh it's it's kind of mind-boggling that you know uh you go watch a pro football player play and he you know he's playing for millions of dollars a year yeah and uh, who's more important that but, ball player or or that teacher, or that uh, policeman. I, I I tend to look that that policeman's a valued. He's very valued in the society. But he does not have to have a college education. No. See, that see when uh, a lot of times they'll go to college, and then when they go to the agency they're going to be working for, we have to retrain them yeah. after they've been to college, and then we send them to the academies, and they get a full course. Uh, from which, whichever agency they're working for, so um, it's it, sometimes it's not for the welfare of the student to be going to a university when they have other um, places that they can go to. Just like in um, in Rutherford County, I know that uh, the schools were allowing um, business to be a part of the curriculum for them to learn those particular skills that they're going to need in those business, which a uh, college education is not required. It, 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 everything's got out of um, sync. We have a phone caller on All the right. line. Caller, welcome aboard with Mike Jones. How you doing? Good. How are you? I just, I just want to say, uh, Terry, you were talking about the uh, Forest Hall thing. Well, it, it's not a dead issue. The uh, <clears throat> Board of Trust in Middle Tennessee voted unanimously that, that the, name, the name of the building needs to change. And also McPhee wrote a column about it, basically said the same thing that it was time to. And the final thing I'll say is, at Bridgestone Arena, if you want to go to an event between the 1st of October and the middle of November, you're going to have to show proof of the vaccine or a native COVID test. So I just wanted to comment on the forest call issue. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> Controversial. Well, I think everybody knows my opinion <laughs> on it. And, and uh, unfortunately, it's not just the MTSU is involved in those things. It's all the way across the country. Oh, and yeah. if it's something that we have statues on, just like the Robert E. Lee statue that um, drew a lot of controversy simply because he was one of the greatest generals that was ever in the United States and head of his class. Uh, no demerits the whole time he no was No demerits. The Unbelievable. Only one, the only one ever to go through with no demerits. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, uh, Forrest, 
I, it doesn't bother me to see Forrest's name up on the, and and of course I'm you know I'm not. Uh, uh, well, he saved Murfreesboro. Yeah, and he, he really did, did. He did a lot more for uh, the black uh, society yeah. than people realize. And yeah. you know, he did make the mistake. He you know he went with the KKK, but then he realized. You know, if you read and know what's going on, you know, uh, he realized that he was in a place that he didn't. Uh, and then he went to work for the communities down in Memphis. Right. And everybody loved him down there. Oh, yeah. There were more blacks at his funeral, they tell me, than there were whites. So, yeah. you know, uh, that's a debate. It's a debate. I well, hate not, to see None it. of us are perfect, no. Mike. And yeah. history, yeah. history, you know, as far as that goes, you know, look at all of those statesmen and, and, and presidents that have had, uh, uh, that had slaves, yeah. you know, and it was just a way of life at that time, and it was a, it was a sad way of life. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we got to get over those things. Uh, yeah. There's no reason to debate all of this stuff, and, you know, if you, if they, you wipe they, out they, history. They created this country, and they they, yeah. they wrote the Constitution. Actually, we're uh, honoring the Constitution coming up Friday, and, and you need to be on the square uh, somewhere around, some between 2.30 and 3 o'clock because they're going to have the bell ringing. Oh, good. The first time that bell has rung uh, at the courthouse in many, many years, and uh, it's to honor the people who... Uh, created the Constitution for us, and one of the greatest documents, maybe the greatest documents that's ever been written. And we're also going to honor our veterans that day. So every veteran that's listening, you need to be on the courthouse square sometimes between 2.30 and 3 p.m. Bring your uh, lounge chair out there and just enjoy the day in... I know I'm going to be there because I uh, I love this country and, and I, I love what happened to create this country and it's the greatest country that ever was and we're the the light of the whole world and oh, yeah. look at all of the our veterans that have been out protecting other uh, countries across the world and have given their lives in. Uh, I don't know how people can be so negative. Uh, you know, we've faced all kinds of controversies over the, uh, the lifetime of this this country, and we have stood tall during all of that time. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, I went to Atlanta uh, Saturday and watched the Atlanta Braves play, and I was very impressed with the 9-11 memorial that, that, yeah. that, that they had. Had a flyover. Uh, and uh, uh, it was very well done. It's very well done. So, you know, uh, we live in a free country, and not not many people can say that. And yeah. we're lucky. I don't care what color you are. We're lucky to be here. Yeah. And uh, uh, we need to just, uh, uh, you know, try to get together and 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 do what's right for for uh, Americans, not what's right for me or you. Let's do what's right for Americans. And that's, you know, that's just the way I feel about it. Yeah, and I think most people do. Uh, well, there's been a lot of negative stuff basically through the the media, and the, the media has not been uh, um, as um, uh, readily, uh, they're not diplomatic with it, 
and and it's not really news anymore. It's opinions, and it's opinions from people that want to um, uh, cre- create create those t- same type of thought yeah, they as they con- do. Look for controversy, but uh, yeah. you know we uh, uh, we live in a in a time. Uh, I was yesterday uh, watching some of the news that was going on that. Uh, there was a shooting because of road rage, mm-hmm. and and that seems to be just. I, I have not figured that out yet. We've gotten to where we're going to pull a gun out and shoot at somebody or or shoot someone because they cut you off while driving. You know, yeah. they, they may not have seen you. They don't. I don't think people do those things on purpose. You know, it, it's just really uh, uh, mind-boggling to me. Uh, that you, uh, well, look at how many shootings that we have now in Nashville. It's not one or, t- you know, a night. Now it's two or three a night. and uh, If not more. Yeah, and uh, you wonder why. And uh, and I haven't figured it out. You know, there was a young boy stabbed at uh, Smyrna yesterday in, in school in the back. And, you know, why would you stab? Why would one kid stab That another? was two two boys fighting. Yeah. And uh, one of them, for however, I don't know how he did it, but he had a kitchen knife and, yeah. and so cut why the would other you, one. Why would you do that? So uh, I, I haven't figured it out. But uh, Well, you know, everything's not as structured as when we went to school, Mike, because I, no. I can tell you, you you, uh, you used to spank kids in school. Yep. We all got spankings in school, but it was a learning lesson for oh, yeah. us. And, and now... Uh, you have parents that have never, uh, 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 they've never spanked their child at all. They've really never disciplined. We are not, uh, we're not our children's best friend until they're adults. I mean, you can become best friends when you're an adult, but when you're growing up, you you know, there are life lessons that you have to learn. And uh, I knew it and and, no, I know I've told this and you probably, I, I don't even know if you remember it. I watched my daddy whip you one day when you were... Oh, I remember all of them. When you were about, you know, I couldn't have been one or two. I couldn't have been... You'd let a dog out or something that wasn't supposed to have been out, and I don't know if he got run over or not, and daddy whipped you with the belt, and I thought right then, he ain't never going to do that to me. <laughs> no way. I'm going to behave myself. See, I was a learning experience for yeah, you. Yeah, you were. I learned real quick, and I didn't want my daddy spanking me. I, I taught a lot of kids <laughs> in school. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Mama spanked me, and I and I deserved it. But yeah. uh, uh, but it's a spanking. It's that, a spanking of love when when, I, when you do that. I just said the key thing though. I deserved it. I deserved it. I did something that I should not have done, and I deserved it. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many young men I paddled that over the years came back to me and thanked me for straightening them out. But I never paddled one mad. I never paddled one without telling them, you know why I'm paddling you. Mm -hmm. I want you to understand why I'm paddling you. You did this, and they all agreed. And it's that's. I think that's got a lot to do with it. You don't just paddle someone because, you know, they're talking out loud or something. You know, it's got to be something that they've done that they deserve it. And, and, uh, gosh, I mean, you might paddle... In a year, you might paddle four people. You might paddle five. It's not like you paddle every day. 
And, it, you know, once they learned that you're going to get paddled for this, they, you know, they straightened up and they behaved themselves. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know. There has to be consequences. Yeah, a lot of people don't believe in paddling. I do, and I believe in spanking the child if the child needs to be corrected. But a lot of people think it's illegal. It um, is not illegal to spank your own child. No. But you cannot abuse them. Right. That's right. And there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. And uh, we were brought up right, I think, you know. We And all the kids around us, you know, we I've seen parents whip them. And, uh, Actually, our neighbors would whip us, oh, if yeah. you remember. Oh, yeah. If we did something wrong, they corrected us. Now, yeah. if you did that to now, there'd probably be a fight. Uh, but it's we've got a whole different... and. Social media, uh, the cell phone—they've changed. They've changed our lives. You know, we know that. Not mine. Yeah, but they've changed them. Yeah, you—you you live in a different type of community than you lived in when we grew up, uh, and it's. Uh, uh, you know, gosh, mighty Truman. When Sunday came around, we got up and we went to church. Yeah. And even when I was in high school, I remember Ronald Wilson. No, poor Ronald's dead now. And uh, uh, we played football together in high school, and he was on the college team uh, part of the time when I was at MTSU. And uh, uh, Ronald and I went every Wednesday night. Uh, he'd pick me up, and we'd go to Science Hill and and uh, uh, had class and uh, Bible class. And, you know, uh, I don't know how many kids do that nowadays. I just don't know. But, I mean, we got up on Sunday and, and we went to church. Yeah. But now, we also got up in the mornings, Monday through Sunday, and we uh, we ate breakfast. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how many people do that nowadays. And we had something to eat. We ate breakfast. We got home. We had uh, we had dinner ready uh, after school, whether it was football practice or whatever. Uh, and uh, that was we had a structured life. And we knew that uh, when the yard needed mowing, we didn't we didn't expect to get twenty five or thirty dollars to mow the yard. We went out and mowed the yard. Yeah, and uh, it was our our responsibility. Our responsibility. Now I can remember, gosh, uh, one of the first yards we had at uh, Jake's Avenue. You were on one side of the push mower, and I was on the other side. Yeah. And, Little bitty fellas. Uh, yeah, and, and pushing that thing back and forth because mm-hmm. Daddy wasn't home. You yeah. know, Daddy was driving the bus, and, you know, we might see him every other day. And uh, who was going to mow the yard? Well, we did. And uh, that's just the way it was. And our first, gosh, our first motorized uh, lawnmower, we thought it died, you know, gone to heaven when you had that thing. It's still a push mower. Yeah, it's still a push mower, and I hated that thing. It was a passion because it quit running every time. Every time you'd get about through, it quit running. It'd get hot and it wouldn't run. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's just different now. Didn't mind going to the hayfield. No. I was 12 years old, I was in the hayfield. And uh, didn't mind it because that's where I got my spending money, you know. And uh, and we worked, and we knew what we were doing. We yeah. worked, and uh, I think that might be one of the worst things that's ever happened. And I use it too, is round bells. We don't we don't we don't fool the square bells much anymore. Now they do. They yeah. figured out a way that you can you can pack them and stack them. And but you can't you find know. anybody to to, to do oh, the well, the. 
the the bells and throw them in the in that the, happened uh, it just kids you couldn't find anybody that wanted yeah. to work now there were a few i mean that's just like we criticize uh uh, a lot of our students. Well, you know, there are a whole lot more good students than there are bad. And uh, there are still kids that strive. And It doesn't take much to disrupt a class, though. No. And it, See, that's the problem. It doesn't take but one to yeah. disrupt a class, and that's that's the problem. Uh, but, uh, and who suffers? The one that wants to learn. Yeah. But uh, we live in a different world, and, and uh, all we can do is hope it gets better. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Mike Jones. The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, honey, got the 70-inch flat screen mounted. Come take a look. Uh, why are the instructions still wrapped in plastic? Instructions are just another man's suggestions. You sure about that? Need another chance? Get one with Powerball with Double Play. Add Double Play for just a dollar and give your numbers a second chance to win up to $10 million with drawings every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Powerball with Double Play and the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. We recently talked to a world-renowned gemologist. Hmm, the optic character of this ruby is brilliant. And the refractive index on this sapphire is simply superb. And judging by the writing on the top of this diamond, I'd say that it could be worth up to $500,000. I'll give it a scratch just to make sure. Woo! We've got ourselves a real gem here. Take it from the experts. The new September Instant Games are truly brilliant. See for yourself. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Rutherford County will host a free household hazardous waste collection Saturday, November 6th. Items can be taken to the City of Murfreesboro Solid Waste Department location on Florence Road between 8 a.m. and noon. It's the only location where hazardous waste items will be accepted. Solid Waste Director Mac Nolan says it's the only collection event of the year. For a list of what will and will not be accepted, head over to WGNSRadio.com. Survivors of historic mid-state flooding can now apply for food assistance through the state. The Disaster Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program is available to people impacted by last month's flash flooding in Humphreys, Hickman, Dixon, and Houston counties. The Tennessee Department of Human Services says the one-time disbursement of food benefits will help flood victims buy the food needed for their families as the work continues to rebuild and recover. Supporters of Rutherford County Area Habitat for Humanity will take to the streets this Saturday for the 13th annual Hammer Down for Habitat Poker Run. This year's event now includes a 26-mile marathon relay run in addition to the 95-mile poker run for motorcycles and cars. The theme is Ride, Drive, Run for Habitat for Humanity. 
Proceeds from Hammerdown will go toward building affordable housing for area residents at Habitat's Legacy Point subdivision in Murfreesboro. More info on our website, wgnsradio.com. The American Muslim Advisory Council says about 300 Afghan refugees are expected to come to Middle Tennessee. The Islamic Center of Nashville and Multi-Faith Neighbors Network held a day of service on 9-11 to collect donations for the refugees. It is not yet known when those refugees coming to the mid-state will get here. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. French's Shoes and Boots has the hottest brands and unbeatable deals that you won't find anywhere else. But this stuff is going fast, and these deals can't last. Everyone wants the wildly popular Hey Dude shoes, and French's has them back in stock. Check out the latest styles for men, women, and kids. Hurry and get to French's here in the borough while the getting is good. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions high in the low 80s. Winds out of the west between 5 and 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 72. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn, pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with uh, Mike Jones. Do you feel better uh, right now than you did five minutes? Yes, ago? I feel. I feel much better. Uh, uh, something's happening uh, October the thirtieth. What? Well, a good friend of mine uh, called me uh, two or three weeks ago and said he was getting ready to sell his house. And uh, Are you sure it was a friend of yours? Yeah, a good friend of mine. And uh, uh, we we booked an auction for the 30th. He's got five acres, a nice house, uh, very well located on the Manchester Pike, and I'm excited about it. I feel like that uh, it's just going to do real well, but uh, uh, I was glad that uh, he called me, and I was I appreciated the fact that he trusted me to uh, auction off his house. And uh, sounds like he might be kin to you. Well, he could be, and he might be sitting right across from me right now. <laughs> uh, well, we don't want to push that. Too no, much. we won't push it too much. But uh, yeah. uh, I, what I do want to say something about what's really been going on in the real estate business and auctions. It's exploded. Yes, it has absolutely uh, mind-boggling. If you've got a piece of property that's uh, uh, 
uh, ready to sell, and uh, you want to sell it, it's going to sell. Mm -hmm. uh, and is it's, it because it's, of the, all the people that are moving into our uh, community? It has a lot to do with it, you know, uh, and they're bringing premium prices. Now, a lot of the, uh, the houses are being sold for cash. We've got a lot of people that have moved in. What does in. that mean? Well, they can pay for them. Yeah. Uh, and that that talks. Uh, you don't have to have your – if you're selling a piece of real estate and it's listed and you're selling it, you don't have to worry about fixing things uh, uh, if they're paying cash. Now, if yeah, A lot of people are, are, from my understanding, are the uh, interest rates are so low at the banks now when, you, when you're buying homes. Uh, that has to be a part of it. Yes, it it has a big part of it, and there are a lot of people moving from out of state that have sold their property, and they have cash in hand. Yeah. Uh, and what has happened, uh, if it has to be financed, it has to be appraised. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't reach that uh, appraisal price, then either the people are going to have to come up with more cash to buy it or they're not going to be able to buy it. Mm -hmm. Well, property values have gone up so much in the last year or two that the appraisals have gone up, too, because now we have new uh, sales, mm -hmm. and we can use those uh, for for the adjustments that need to be made for the appraisal. So a lot of things are working in favor of the seller. Yeah, and uh, I work. I pretty much work an auction every Saturday. But it's cost, say if you're building houses now, it the, costs it, a whole lot more to build them because of of the lumber and everything else that are involved in it. Lumber the cost shot have up. gone up. Lumber shot up. Uh, costs shot up. Um, they are coming down some now. The pandemic caused a lot of problems with the building industry, mm -hmm. and. Uh, one of the things that happens, you know, the builder, the contractor, builds the house, and he's expecting it to sell. Let's just take an even amount, four hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, and he's got three eighty or three seventy or whatever in it. You know, he's going to make twenty or thirty thousand dollars on the house, or try to. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, you know, it takes a long time to build a house, so that's not a whole big profit. Yeah. But then it turns out. You know, by the time his building costs have gone up while he's building and was expecting it to sell for four hundred, now he's got four hundred and twenty or four hundred thirty thousand in it. Mm -hmm. So he can't sell it. He may have gotten a contract for four hundred and he backs out. You can do that, but uh, and that that has been a little bit of a problem because because of that. Now it's not his fault. It's not the buyer's fault. It's the fact that things went up on him, and. They they can't afford to sell at that price, yeah. uh, but there are so many people. I don't know. I've heard numbers. I don't know how many people are coming into Murfreesboro a day from California, New York. Yeah, uh, and uh, of course I've been to California a few times. We have some very good friends that live in California. Yeah, relatives. And and well, no, not, I don't know. Yes, we, we do. Who McNabb? Oh, that's right, the McNabb. Forgot mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, where we stayed, it was a small, probably, I don't know, I guess maybe 1,200 square foot house. It was worth a million dollars. I mean, on the market, it was a million dollar house. And they can sell those and come here and and buy a home and think they've stole it from 
what they where they've been. Pretty much have. Yeah, and so that's made that's helped the property values go. It's a seller's market. I mean, it is not a buyer's market. It's a seller's market, and uh, uh, if you want to buy a house uh, and starter homes, really, really, really have gone up. I don't. I just can't imagine. Uh, Leanne, my daughter, mm-hmm. your niece, uh, was talking about the other day. She's worried about her children that are starting into the workforce uh, being able to purchase a house because they've gone up. So it's going to be difficult right now for them to get a starter house for, you know, three 300000 is what I'm looking at, uh, just a starter home. But, mm-hmm. but the... Uh the interest rate has helped a lot of it helps buyers. yes it does help but it's not i mean they're still in debt three hundred thousand dollars yeah uh but then you look at it uh you know i don't know what you paid for your first house but the first house i bought over on todd's lake mm-hmm. uh i gave i believe it was um maybe twenty one thousand dollars for it was that before uh readable uh, that was after readable. You know, we bought the farm in readable. You and for, I bought that. I together. think that was right twenty four thousand dollars for two hundred acres and a house and barn and you know and of course it's it's already sold for over a million dollars. But uh, you know, you just, living. yep, you just don't. Uh, things are so different. Cars, gosh, I bought the best Chevrolet that you could buy a truck. In 1970, and I think I looked at the other day, it was $2,700. Now that same truck is 65000 Well, you, I bought a uh, Cadillac, and, and Robbie bought a Cadillac, yeah. and it really was a good price. Yes. But things changed between then and now, because it hadn't been that long ago that I bought it. And your car is worth more now than it was when you bought it, and that yeah. don't happen. Yeah, that don't happen, and and a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and and supply and demand and all that. Uh, uh, I know uh, I won't mention a name, but someone that knows very well in the car business was talking about the chips mm-hmm. uh, and where they're made. Well, they're the foreign car that they are they deal with is getting the chips. Yeah, our domestic cars here are not getting the chips like they need to and it's been uh it's been very difficult you order you may order a truck or you may want a car or whatever and it may take you a while to get it mm. uh, and you're probably going to pay a premium price you know we used to think i'm never going to pay sticker price and they're doing it why are the used cars selling as much or more than a lot of the new cars well uh it's supply and demand now you take somebody who needs a car and has to have a car and wants a specific type of car, they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it. And I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't, but I don't need that type of vehicle. So if I need that type of vehicle and, and I've, you know, my job or whatever, they're going to pay for it, and they'll pay whatever. I mean, I've told you about the... But aren't the, the new car dealers selling more used cars oh, yeah. now because, because they, they have to because they have to they don't have new cars mm-hmm. they're not getting new cars into the dealerships and uh, if you're not getting the cars you got to go out and buy yeah and you, you know uh if you know what you're doing uh 
And you can make a lot of money in the used car business now if you know what you're doing and you buy the right vehicles. But now that's that's experience too. I mean, you, uh, I couldn't go out and buy used cars and make a living. I don't think. And, you know, I sold cars with Stan for, well, gosh, thirty years. Yeah. Uh, in the summers, you know, when I was teaching, I had to have, you know, another income, and so I sold cars, and it was a good income for me. But uh, nowadays, I tell you what, it's changed. I mean, can you can you adjust? the cost for your uh, customers when they come in, uh, say like a used car uh, salesman or, or a new car salesman. Let's go to new car salesman. Is that a set price that they will not uh, negotiate with? No. No. Uh, you do your homework. You know what your car is worth. You know what... Uh, the new car sells for you know you have an idea but all you got to now right now this day and time you've got sticker price to look at you're going to come how much are they going to come off sticker price plus or are they going to come off sticker price and what's your car worth now for the salesman the used car manager the one who uh gives you what the other car is worth, your car is worth. He determines what your car is worth. He he sets a price for it. And he'll go out and drive it and he'll come back and he say, The car's worth twenty thousand dollars. You know, twenty thousand. Well, you look at yours and you know what the car cost, the new car cost, used to. What the new car I knew what the new car cost us. And I wouldn't I would make my own deal. I you know. Mm-hmm. And I knew how much money I was making, and, and you know, and you look the customer in the eye and, and tell them this is this is what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen in too many dealerships anymore. Uh, the you're told what to do by a manager, you know, uh, and then if the other guy, and in so many dealerships, and they work so many different ways. Uh, so many people go into the car business today or to purchase a car, they're not concerned about the difference or how much their car is worth or how much they're going to pay for them. They want to know how much it is a month. Well, I can tell you I went to a used car, uh, not a used car, a, a new car dealership here in Murfreesboro, and this has been a while. And uh, I had a, a, a vehicle that had been uh, uh, just totaled. I mean, uh, it, it was no good anymore. So I went to, I knew what I wanted. So I went to this particular uh, new dealer and told them what I was looking for. And they told me this is what it's cost. I said, now, I know that's pretty much out of line. I said, I want you to drop that price some. And they said, no, we're not going to. This is it. So I left like anybody else would. And then... Uh, I got a call from a friend of mine that owned a dealership in uh, Chevable, and uh, he said, I hear you're looking for a vehicle. And I said, yes, I am. He said, tell me exactly what you want. And I told him. And um, in a few days, actually it was about two weeks, he found the, the vehicle that I wanted, and it was five figures less than the new car dealership was trying to sell it to me for. And I said, this is this is unbelievable. Of course, he was a friend of mine. Yeah. But uh, 
it, it, it shouldn't have been that much difference. Some dealerships, some dealerships are just. It depends upon the management, who's managing the dealership. It, just, it looks like they would go out of business, though. Yeah. Well, a lot of them do because of the management process. Yeah. Uh, or they suffer mm-hmm. and finally figure out. Uh, I remember when I sold uh, magazines and did uh, uh, sales in high schools and elementary schools. Mm-hmm. One of the best advice my manager told me was a little bit of something's is worth a whole lot better than a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. And so it's better to make the deal sometimes and keep the good name and and uh trust of your of your people. Mm-hmm. Now, uh obviously in a new car dealership you you got to make money to yeah. keep the doors open. I mean, that's you know and that's what I would tell my people. I figured I figured, you know, I could live off of this amount of money, my money, mm-hmm. what I was going to make. And I didn't worry about how much the dealership was going to make or whatever. I worried about how much I was going to make because yeah. I had to put food on the table. Yeah. And uh, so I knew what my bare minimum was. And and uh, if my dealership wanted to sell it for less than that, that was fine, you know. But I, when I was uh, working with Stan, the first I don't know twenty years or whatever, we made our own deals. Yeah, and uh, it, uh, and and everybody seemed to be they liked you, and you know you you told them the truth, and and that's the way you do business, and uh, you know whether you're selling a horse, a cow, or a pig, you tell them the truth. Yeah, and uh, it works. It usually works in your favor. Well, it's it. When you go in, uh, just like Stan's our cousin, so, mm-hmm. so uh, I always tell everybody that uh, I, I get a relative price. Yeah, uh, uh, I pay ten percent more than than. That's I'll... actually about right. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we we laughed. I was working there, and uh, uh, I don't know one summer, and Robbie and I needed a car, and. Uh, I bought a old Cutlass, and I mm-hmm. had to pay the same price. I'm working in it. Mm-hmm. I had the same same price as everybody else did. That was yeah. that was it. Yeah. And uh, you know, and I bought it. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm no different from you know one of my friends selling one of my friends the same price. So it's mm-hmm. it it's. Uh, uh, you remember? Of course, you remember the Allsops on uh, over yeah, here on James, Broad Street, James, James and Philip. Of course, I always bought from Philip because he and I had been friends forever, Philip also. And uh, uh, he would always be the one I'd go to. And Philip would always try to talk me out of buying a car <laughs> instead of building, uh, uh, buying one. Uh, he, he, he would always drop the price down to I don't know how in the world they made any money off of it. But uh, uh, you, when you have a, a person like that, is just so full. He was maybe the most honest person I ever ran into in my life, and just absolutely loved him. And and of course, he was married to uh, Janie Waddell, and just loved both of them. And they, they went, they dated ever since they were in grade school. And uh, I would go to him, and as I'd be driving off, now Truman, I'm afraid you're not gonna like that. Now, if you don't like that car, you bring that one right back. And. <laughs> And uh, he'd drive all the way to Memphis or somewhere to get a car 
that you were looking for. And uh, they were good I, people. I miss that days. So yeah. I, I really do. They were good people. And of course, I knew James from the horse business because I bred mares for him. Yeah. When I was when I was a stallion manager, and he had mares, and so I knew James from uh, from that other other spectrum of business, you know, which is yeah. a, entirely different. But it's uh, it's also mm-hmm. one of those deals that. Uh, uh, you make what you can on a horse. Yeah. You know, who who can set a price on a walking horse? It's just the familiarity with people makes a big difference. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You got to, uh, whether it's in, cars, uh, houses, no matter what it is. Yeah. I, I always liked the fact when I was working with Stan, I sold an older couple, uh, Cutlass. Uh, years ago, has been years and uh, they uh, they left. They were just tickled to death of the car, and uh, uh, they came back the next day and decided that that wasn't the type of car they needed. Oh, and uh, I guess I must have done a pretty good job of selling. I don't know, but anyway, when they left, they were happy. And when they came back, and Stan let them swap cars. Yeah, you know, he said not a He's problem. He's always been good about yeah, that. Yeah, he said, you know, he said if you don't like it, that's not a problem. And and we switched cars, and everybody was happy. And uh, sometimes you do things at the uh, the moment. You just uh, you make a decision, and we call it buyer's remorse. Yeah. And you've bought something, and you go home and say, why did I do that? I, you know, I, I went in there to get something else, and I bought this. And I sold a cousin a car like that one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they came back, you know, a couple months later, and they traded it for uh, something else. Mm-hmm. And Well, a car for a van, as a matter of fact. And, uh, you know, Stan was very uh, instrumental in mm-hmm. letting that happen. Actually, my mother-in-law did the same thing. She bought a, a vehicle. Got home and and I sold it to her and she decided that's not what she wanted, and so they came back and swapped and got another car, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just all part of uh, being a good a good person I think you know, and uh, like you say doing to others you'd have them doing to you, and uh, it worked out well, uh, but uh, some 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 dealers are not going to do that you know, they're just not going to do it you bought it it's yours. And I've seen that happen too. So uh, buy from buy from somebody you trust. That's yeah. just that's just the advice I give. Buy from some, you know, uh, little Trey uh, saved me. I don't know how many dollars. We Robbie and Casey and I went to uh, Columbia. N- well, we went to New Orleans, and I had uh, sheep. Uh, on the back of the truck yeah. uh, in a cage, and uh, we had a blowout, did a lot of damage to the truck, and I called Trey. He sent me a truck. I drove the truck with the sheep to New Orleans and brought it back and uh, couldn't have been treated any nicer. So, uh, you know, you, that just don't happen in many places. Well, that's a relationship, just like Bud Mitchell. But yeah. Mitchell will do anything for anybody. I wonder how many. And, and try to... to, try to Make sure that what he's doing for the, them is pretty special. He's I wonder, always been I wonder how many flats he's gone and fixed, taken off cars. At and, least four at, or five for at, me. At the night, in the middle of the night or in yeah. the morning, and uh, or started your car 
you know, uh, that makes that makes the business. That yeah. makes the business because uh, you know he cares. And that's that's got a lot to do with it. Bud loves everybody. Well, Bud's a good person. Bud's yes, good he person. is. Uh, but he grew up in, in in the type of atmosphere, just like we were talking about being structured. Bud was very structured oh, yeah. by his mom and dad. In fact, uh, uh, I, I've seen his dad and his mama spank him at the old store when it was <laughs> Mitchell's Grocery. And while they were spanking him, I was running home. I was getting the <laughs> heck out of there. I said, I'm not going to have any part of this. But uh, he, I think that that made us better. I mean, we learned right and wrong and how to treat other people and, and uh I think that um, that's one of the greatest lessons that you can have, and it needs to come basically from your parents as you're from the time that you're born to uh, own up into your teenage lives. You're pretty much um, you, you dance to their tune. Yep. Nobody else's. It's called respect. Yes. It's all respect. And I, I knew they loved me after they spanked me. And, and a lot of people say, that's crazy. But, no, it, it, it's truthful. Well, it think, really was. Think about it. I mean, I don't know, but uh, uh, if I did something wrong and I got spanked, I deserved it. It wasn't a, why did you do that to me? You why actually didn't, you know, deserve more than yeah, what you got. Yeah, I, I uh, you know... Uh, Throwing a fit. I mean, you think we would have thrown a fit in a department store? <laughs> Holy cow. I, I, even in church now. I mean, if we if we acted up in church. And, oh, that was and, too much. And we said, Mama looked over and says, we're going outside. I knew what was fixing to happen. I knew immediately what was fixed to happen in church now. You remember Uncle Andrew and Aunt Mary Bell? Sure. You remember they had a little uh, place, uh, kind of like a grocery on the square. And uh, Mama would go over there a lot, and she would take me. And we were just standing there talking, and I looked over, and there was a lot of grapes sitting there just wide open. And I went over and, and got a bunch of grapes and started <laughs> eating them, and Mama didn't notice. We got back in the car, and she saw me with them. And she says, where did you get those? And I told her. I didn't know I'd done anything wrong. Boy, she marched me back over there, and she, she uh, wanted me to apologize to Aunt Maribel. And, and I did. I didn't know what I'd done wrong. And it finally occurred to me, and, uh, and uh, Mama pulled out her uh, wallet and starting to pay if she had enough money to pay <laughs> and Aunt Maribel said no 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 I, I was giving those to him and I want him to keep them <laughs> and um, which she didn't but uh, I learned a big lesson in that time if you don't know you're doing something wrong you need to be told what was going on and learn from those experiences and unfortunately a lot of that is going by the wayside yeah, that's like I told you about paddling kids in school. You yeah. looked them in the eye, and you told them, this is why you're getting paddled. It's, you know, I'm not mad at you, but you did this, and you're going to be punished, and that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and a parent, you know, uh, they need, if they're going to spank a child, they need to say, this is why you're getting spanked. You're not, you know, you'll just haul off and start immediately whipping the child, you know, stop and think. You know, what were you doing? You yeah. Know? 
and that's that's just part of, that's just part of it. Uh, but uh, we're lucky; we had good parents, good grandparents, and and they all had good work ethics, and uh, we learned from from that. I mean, you know, we learned from the we, way they. We did. were a very tight family, and the same thing with the neighborhood. Yeah. Same thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, they all, everybody around us, were good people, and they uh, they had a good work ethic. They got up every morning and they went to work and. And, uh, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. And so many, you know, I I haven't really figured out the unemployment status, what we've actually done, if we actually did a good thing or a bad thing, the government giving away so much money to people not working. And then listening to people say, well, uh, I'm making more money right now than I did when I was working. I don't think I'm going to go back to work right now. Makes no sense. No, I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. And then I read something yesterday or today, I can't remember where it was, uh, about uh, uh, people getting bonuses to come to work. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you think about a guy who's been there working the whole time and not missed, and somebody's getting a 1000 or a $3,000, I think, um, Oh, the new company that's come in uh, is hiring like a hundred. Amazon, yeah, one hundred twenty, and they're paying a three thousand dollar bonus. Yeah, for them to come to work, a three thousand dollar. But then here's this other guy who's been working all this time. What about his bonus? Yeah, he's he's the one that's that's been working and striving. And I always wondered if they've always for several years they've talked about paying uh, uh, science teachers and math teachers more money than. Uh, other teachers because they're so hard to get. Well, you know, that history teacher or that home ec teacher or whatever they are is working just as hard as I was as a science teacher. So why should I make more money than them if I'm doing the same job just because it's harder to get the teacher? Why should I get paid more? Now, and I do realize these bonuses they pay uh, a lot of schools systems are having to pay bonuses to get math teachers and chemistry teachers and Spanish mm-hmm. teachers. Uh, why? Because there's not any out there. Uh, if I'm smart enough to teach chemistry, and I did teach it, I wondered about a lot of times, why would I go into teaching yeah. when I can make a lot more money? Got a daughter doing the same thing, you know. She's got a master's degree in chemistry and uh, and biology, and but she's a teacher. Yeah, she could make a lot more money doing something else. Uh, you, teaching is something that you you better like it. And I I enjoyed teaching, loved it. Uh, the the friendships that you gathered, mm-hmm. the uh, camaraderie with the teachers. Uh, getting close to the kids, you know, uh, it's like a big family. And uh, knowing that you help somebody and you've, you know, and helped them a whole lot and educating them, that's that's a good feeling. Yeah. But uh, today, I, don't, I just, uh, I don't know if I could do it again. I would probably look for another profession. Uh, and I, I, I would like to see the educational system go more toward vocational uh, was some a lot more vocational. Give them some life skills, welding, uh, how to work on a uh, 
uh, a computer, how to build furniture. You know, when when I was teaching at uh, the rural schools at College Grove and Page, we had very good war, uh, wood shops. We call yeah. them wood shops. And the kids, a lot of kids came to school just to work on their project. Yeah. They didn't really want to come to school for English or anything. They wanted to come to school to work on their project. Yeah. And that brought them back to school. And I think we miss a lot of that nowadays. Uh, uh, there's nothing It's almost wrong. forgotten skills. Oh, yeah. And um, we don't need to forget those skills. I mean, learning how to root, uh uh, use a ruler and use a skill saw or a table saw or a sander. Or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Dysinger, when I was over at uh, uh, Holloway, mm-hmm. uh, my goodness, they built cabinets. Uh, they built uh, uh, all kinds of things. Mr. Dysinger was such a good teacher, and he was retired military. Yeah. And he was extremely good. Um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, Oh, shoot, uh, the good friend Bill, I cannot think of Bill's last name. Uh, he was in the auto part, mm-hmm. and he taught him how to build, you know, work on small engine repair. And and uh, he was great. I mean, he was great at his job. And Miss Bullard uh, taught uh, uh, typing and uh, filing, which was, a, you know, uh, something we needed back in those days. And and now, you know, they don't do that over there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different, a whole different setup. But gosh, I can't tell you how many kids I saw leave Holloway yeah. that had uh, struggled at other schools, and in a year or two were making more money than I was making because they had some life skills and something they enjoyed. Oh, they enjoyed doing it, and and you know, the kids were they wanted you to come look at their projects. They, yeah. You know. Gosh, even when I was at College Grove in the early 70s, uh, these kids would come to me. I was the football coach. They'd come to me, and they'd want me to go to the shop with them so, they could, so I could see what they had built. <laughs> and they were so proud of that. And, and uh, you know, and that was a good thing. That was a good thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I, I wonder why we got away from all that stuff. Uh, I, know. I can tell you when they were pushing degrees in universities, mm-hmm. that's when it all started. And and then they're saying that you can't be successful without a degree. And all that was was brainwashing because so many people, uh, their their particular gifts were not in a university-type setting. And there were things that you learned and, and things that had been in your family for lives that, that you could make a good living with it without having to spend forty to fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars. And um that that's one of the things that's really hurt us. And as you get into some university settings, it uh you're taught a lot of things that are not really going to make you successful in well, life. It's that way in every system. I yeah. mean, I don't care if it's high school. They're they're taking some kids are taking courses like chemistry. Yeah, they it's required. Yeah, and you know they don't but need to be, they don't need to be taken away unless somebody decided uh, above you that that's the way it's going to be. But uh, uh, we're we're in a. a 
pickle, I say, real estate license-wise or real estate-wise, just to get your property uh, piece of property. I'm going to sell part of my farm. Mm -hmm. I have been trying for months to get somebody to come and perk the property. They are so backed up. They're four, five, six months backed up Mm -hmm. uh, perking. Yeah. I finally got somebody to come out and survey it. And the only reason he came because he had surveyed it twice before. So to get your property, sir, if you wanted to sell a piece of property right now and you were to call me and said, Mike, I need to sell my piece of property by November mm-hmm. and I've got this much land and I'd like, you know, well, I'd say we need to get it perked. And uh, So why do they have to have it perked? Well, if you're going to build a house. Yeah, but a lot of people, that's not what they're thinking about. Well, if they're going, if if they're buying a piece of property to build a house on, mm-hmm. when they buy it, well, even we're talking about builders, contractors. Yeah, they're not going to just buy land mm-hmm. unless it's perked because yeah. they're going to build on it, yeah. and it's got to be perked, and that's a holdup right now. A huge uh, now. Now, where do, uh, what office do the uh, do you have to go to? To find someone that can perk your, uh, you don't go to an office. There's about there's a list with a state that you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably maybe I'm thinking thirty or forty right now that I can think of in this mm-hmm. area. Uh, but they're so backed up right now. You have to be an apprentice. You have to work for somebody that's a, that does that. That's it's licensed. Oh, you wow. have to work with them for two years before you can actually go into business. It's your own business now. Yeah. Perkin is not like it was when we were growing up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's your own business, and you decide how many you're going to do and when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. Uh, so they come out and they perk it, perk the land, mm-hmm. and put it on the map and do all of that stuff. And uh, right now, if somebody wanted to a good profession, that most of your perks are $600, a perk. And so if you get three perks on your property, that's $1,800. A lot of them are charging $1,000 to perk, and they're backed up. How much training do they have to have to be able to do that? Two years of apprentice. Which yeah. includes what? I mean, what do they, what do they have well, to they learn? Have to, they have to go out with uh, uh, the individual that, that actually does it, mm-hmm. and they have to learn how to, how to set it up. And it's my understanding now they've got to put it on a map. You know, uh, you go on the computer and the satellite mm-hmm. and you put it on the map where that site is. Yeah. Now they'll go out there and, and they determine where the site is and they mark it off. Mm-hmm. But then you've got to put it on, you know, put it on the computer and, you know, so it can be uh, so many degrees here and there mm-hmm. and know exactly where it is on the map. Uh, and, uh, that would be a profession I would look at if I was a young man mm-hmm. coming out of high school, eighteen, nineteen years old. If I could hook up with somebody that's doing doing that, surveying—that's another thing. I mean, you can go out and work with somebody and learn to survey, and you're pretty much going to be as long as property's selling, you're pretty much set. Uh, and How much is does it? I guess a diploma, or degree, or whatever. How much does it cost to get that? Uh, I'd say it's a license. I don't know. I've never yeah. done it. I'd say that that's just a lot, just like me. 
uh, I had to have so many hours of uh, class mm-hmm. to get my real estate license. And then I had to pass a test. And I'm sure they have to have so many hours of apprenticeship. Yeah. And then they probably have to take a test, just like I did, to get licensed. Mm-hmm. And then you have your stuff every, every uh, two years. I have to go take a test and I mean take courses mm-hmm. to stay in touch with a with a, uh the only thing now at my age I don't have to do that as a as a uh auctioneer but as a realtor I have to take uh uh so many hours I think it's 18 hours every 2 years of education mm-hmm. and this year all of us have to take an ethics class that's required wow so so what exactly is that well Ethics class is uh, uh, making sure you don't do something wrong. You do you're ethically correct in in everything you do. Advertising. You learn what's legally correct. What's legally not. correct and what's not. Le- yeah. That's like advertising. Yeah. You know, my name cannot be larger than Maples on an advertisement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to. Have, That's the company you work for. Yes. On, yes. Um, Betsy's yes. Place. My license has to be if I if I'm I put a sign on your house. Mm-hmm. Like I'll come out in a couple of weeks and put a sign on your house. I have to have my license number has to be on it. Mm-hmm. The phone number, Maples and mine, they have to be on. They have to be on. They're just certain things that you have to. And one of the big things right now is advertising on uh, uh, social media. Uh, you got to make sure you you don't make a mistake there. And you can't make something. You can't say you're going to do something that you're not going to. So that's one thing that can be accurate in social media. Yes, it better be. And, uh, you know, I could say, well, Truman, I'm going to give you a bird dog fee if you'll get me an auction. I can't pay you $1,000 for a bird dog, bird dog fee. Now, that's used in call, in uh, cars, bird dog fees. Uh, and I never I heard did, of it. I did that a lot. I would go back to the back in the, every morning. Mm-hmm. back in the shop and i made friends with all the technicians mm-hmm. and if they referred somebody to me i wrote them a check for 50 dollars if i sold them a car mm-hmm. so and and that's what you call a bird dog fee and uh, you don't have those in uh uh Real estate, you don't have that. You can't, not legally. It's not ethical. You can't yeah. do that. But uh, uh, you could do it in, in selling cars. Hmm. It's just a whole different world. And, there's, you know, you can mess up. You, you know, you say you can advertise something that's not true and lose your license and uh, or be fined for, you know, advertising something that's not correct. you got to be careful. Well, that's a good thing, say. though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it. That's the reason we take ethics classes, yeah. so we don't mess up. Yeah. And, then, you know, some people are are uh, uh, not ethical, and uh, that keeps them, you know, that keeps them that way. In this day and time, there's unethical people. Uh, I hate to say that, but, yes, there are unethical people in this world. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it, it, it all boils down to doing things right. Yeah. That's what it all boils down to, do it right the first time. Well, now, you got a place. Uh, your your farm's in uh, Auburn Town. Auburn Town. And, and uh, it, is that what a lot of people are looking just to get away from everything? Because uh, 
your your place is hard to get too. It's amazing how many people come into there and say, "I wish I lived here." Hmm. You know, you 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 don't have neighbors. I don't have neighbors. I don't. You know, uh, it's just a different world. Yeah. And and it's amazing how many. I, I had. I won't say his name from Murfreesboro, a well-known person from Murfreesboro, bought a ram from me the other day. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, man, I love this place. He says, this is so different from where I live. I says, uh, uh, I wish I had this place. Yeah. And, you know, it's so quiet. And, and, you know, my nearest neighbor right now is a mile and a half away. But I do have a couple of people who have bought property mm-hmm. fairly close to us that were going to build houses. And they've owned them, I don't know, about four years, I guess, is what they've done. And none of them have built so far. One of them's had his building material out there for three years mm. and yet to build. And, and he's a nice guy. But, uh, you know. You've got a beautiful place. And the good thing about it is Robbie, your sweet wife, she loves it out there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it's not an easy place because anybody's ever grown up on a farm back in the old days, it's a lot of hard work goes to that. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Robbie, Robbie loves her yard. She yeah. loves her flowers. Uh, loves her chickens. Yeah, and loves her chickens, and uh, she's probably the only person I know that will go up and pick up her chickens and love on them. Uh, but uh, uh, and she loves her dogs. Yeah. And uh, but we, you know, we're lucky. We're lucky. We've got uh, we've got a nice place. Uh, really don't want to sell what we're selling, but we really need to right now. Uh, if somebody's looking for a place to hunt or you know want to live out in the country, I'm I'm, I'm selling some pretty nice pieces. Uh, it's full of full of deer. I mean, gosh, I can remember until I got my Pyrenees to run with my sheep. Uh, the turkeys used to be so bad, I have to run them away from my feed when I was feeding them. There'd be 25 or 30 ch- uh, turkeys around me, and you couldn't run them off. Uh, but then when my Pyrenees, I got my Pyrenees, they they keep my turkeys away now. It's just, uh, but... Uh, well, Jason's been out there hunting my son yeah, a bunch of times. It's not unusual to go down my road, which is a mile and a half long, to see it's anywhere from 5 to 10 deer in the morning. Yeah. And uh, uh, 35, 40 uh, turkeys. I just wish it was like the old days and we could, we could still see the uh, quail. Yeah. And there are a few quail. When I, when but I don't like for people to hunt them anymore. Now, I, I have gotten, I, I can't stand to see anything killed. Well, the quails have, have almost been wiped out. And I don't know if the turkeys, uh, the what? number of turkeys or the number of coyotes that get in the nest and, and, you know, get the eggs or kill the babies because they can't fly when they're born. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's what's happened to the uh, quail. I just really don't know if it's part of the insecticides that, you know, we spray the fields with now. But they're I, still out now. There I are was a few. over at the blueberry farm with Angie, uh, MacFarlane Clino, and uh, uh, I was walking around uh, the farm with her, and she says, Truman, we don't have any quail anymore. We never have any quail. And I said, Angie, they're all over the place. And she said, no, they're not. So I did the whistle. The, the whistle and they started whistling all over the place out there. The, you, they're just 
I, I, I don't know. It, it, they like to stay hidden. They've they don't gone, want to be around. Yeah, they've gone to the uh, woods and, and protection of the uh, under, under uh, what am I say, brush. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you don't see them, I mean... Gosh, if you if you'll remember, we used to sit at my mama's house, yeah, right in the middle in of the town, sun room. Yeah, and uh, the quails would come by there every day with the little ones, mm-hmm. and uh, they would I, be one in a line right yeah, after yeah, another, one right after another, and of course, then they built a medical center, yeah, and that that stopped. I mean, they, they, no more quail, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just like we've built in so many places right now. And I still, I mean, I, I don't know that our building, like we've done, and our concrete has not contributed to the flooding yeah. that we've had because we've built in a lot of areas. I won't even mention right now that that uh, you couldn't hardly sell a piece of property. Mm-hmm. And, and we built houses on them. And uh, uh, I know with... Where does the water go? You keep on building houses and keep on putting down pavement and keep on putting down concrete. Where does your water go? Can the infrastructure carry all that water away back to the creeks and rivers? Uh, Makes you wonder. Well, now, yours doesn't flood because you've got that creek, and then when the heavy rain, say like three or four inches, will come down quickly, the water would rise above and go into your driving area. Yep. And uh, I can remember, I think it was either a 4th of July. 4th of July. A lot of uh, our family wouldn't go in there because the the water was up to their, uh, 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 over their tires. Yes, yes. And so uh, they wouldn't come in, but we kept trying to tell them, hey, It'll be gone in, in 30, 30 minutes. minutes it's in, gone. In 30 minutes, it's gone, and, yeah. and there's no more water there. Uh, yeah. It's amazing how much water comes off a hill now. Yeah. Uh, and it, it can get on you real quick, and I can understand, you know, those poor people in Waverly and uh, uh, water rushing in on them. I just can't, I just can't imagine. We're going to have to wrap up the show, but uh, I do know that the last cast is uh, fish fry, has been canceled again, and I, they don't know really when they're going to be able to have it again. And I'm not sure about the Kittrell ham breakfast this weekend. So somebody leads, needs to let us know um, where that stands right now. Thanks, Mike, for being right. on the show. We wrapped up, and then we're, we went 30 minutes over. So I oh, appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you guys. All right. You're kidding From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.